Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing. The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> Did you bring wine? I got the glasses. You guys, I made a quiz. No, I didn't bring anything, but I'm here to have fun. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the official Broadway Sid podcast. We're drunk on theater. I'm your host, Brian Plofskin. What a lovely night, though. I'd love another day of sun. Let's moon dance because I know that I've got a fever that'll start a fire. Everything I do this time when it's time to come home is what I do, so don't fight the feeling. I'm fighting temptation just to rain down onto the river. I'm getting ready for the stone because he loves me like a rock. The dueling guitars say he still loves me, but with Elgar, something inside is saying, swing low, sweet chariot. You know, it's that city of stars, man. Joining us today are the usual someones in the crowd raising it up, including Kevin, audition, The Fools Who Dream, Jager. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> Kimberly, our heaven knows game master and unofficial babysitter for the hour. Yeah. And with us today is the usual panel of non-experts, two hammies and a tammy. Let's give a big, broad-waisted welcome to friends of the show. Friends, friends of the show! Aaron J. Albano, Haley Pachuna, Nikisha Williams. Y'all ready for this? Oh, beautiful. Um, <laughs> so this week, um, it is Nikisha's turn uh, to take Woo-hoo! us through her slew of films. Um, but before we get yeah. there, what are you drinking? What are you drinking? Uh, Aaron, what are you drinking? I back to my red wine. I am drinking Bardogs of Cab Sav, aerated off screen. So here we are. Beautiful. Cheers, Haley. Um, I've got a bubbly grapefruit, and then I'm considering having a, uh, whoops, sorry. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> my computer, because it's kind of, considering opening this later. It's a cherry, yes. cherry white cloth. Awesome. Uh, Nikisha, uh, let's go, we'll go you last, Nikisha, so that you can take okay. over. Um, uh, Kevin. Uh, I'm getting drunk on electrolyte because I'm drinking a fruit punch gator. How long is your clean? Is your detox, Kev? I'm doing eight week challenge with both of the stage. Oh, 
It's like five workouts and three like yoga flow sessions a week, plus like a very strict diet the whole time. Are they paying so, you to do this? Because that's the only way I would do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I'm uh, volunteering to do this. So. Oh my gosh. The first I week you feel- get to drink back, you're going to be lit. Oh yeah, yeah I, I literally haven't drank in like five. I had like a little bit of whiskey on this show one, like once, but other than that, I guess sip. But other than that, I haven't drank in like five or six weeks because like before because my surgery. Right. Long That's, random. Story. Yeah. I still wait for the day where you Instagram live you doing yoga. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm I have so much to say about the dancing in these movies because I am clearly the most graceful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kimberly, what are you drinking? Um, I made a very random concoction because I went to a winery today and now I'm just like tired. So it is part lemonade because that sounded refreshing. Then a little bit of gin because I like that with lemonade. And then I wanted something bubbly to go on top of it. And I thought, you know what? Yes. Why not popping off with a grapefruit white cloth? We gotta yes. just call them, man. We gotta. Do I know, those. I know. <laughs> um, Brian, what are you drinking? I am drinking uh, tequila. Um, there's no longer rocks in it, um, but I'm drinking tequila with um, white peach um, ginger soda. Oh! But this is the size of my head. Yeah, that's a good beach Week. So, I plan on working my way through that this week. Um, but uh, so, Nikisha, this is your week to take us through your three movies. Uh, what are you drinking? And then take it away. Now, what moonshine Absolutely. are you drinking this week? <laughs> yeah. So I was going to say, since Aaron, you're already reading me. Remember that <laughs> apple pie with um, moonshine that I had? So I had a little bit left of that. And I mixed it with a hazelnut rum. <gasps> so we're going to see how this goes, guys. Because I'm already like... on the rock so since it is my turn this week i decided to do grammy movies and the reason why i picked uh some of these movies was because i wanted to first off pick something that wasn't like a three-hour-long musical so uh be happy i didn't make it a gene kelly uh week (laughs) because it would have been just all of his movies and I wanted to pick some some things that you probably haven't seen before. And they all have a hold a special memory for me. So the first movie that we're going to talk about is The Fighting Temptations, which was released on September 19th, 2003. It was distributed by Paramount Pictures and MTV Films, if that gives you any more clue of the craziness of that movie. <laughs> it is... Uh, <laughs> Starring Cuba Goody Jr. and Beyonce. And I will say that this was pre-Dream Girls Beyonce, but post-Carmen the hip Hopera Beyonce. Yes. So there's a little bit of growth, but not that much. And <laughs> even, listen, I am a Beyonce stan. By the way, go see Black is King on Disney Plus if you haven't already. Ooh. So even though this movie was Definitely not nominated for any Grammys. It has a plethora of Grammy award-winning people in it, including but not limited to Beyonce, Chloe Bailey, Melba Moore, who also starred in Pearly on Broadway, Shirley Caesar, Ricky Dillard, Angie Stone, Montel Jordan, Yolanda Adams, Donnie McClurkin, Mary Mary, and Eddie LaVert, just to name a few. Yes. Yes, and I really quickly want to cheers to Eddie LaVert, Lou Myers, Rue McClanahan, and 
Mickey Jones, who are no longer with us. So cheers. We, cheers to you. Thank you for the entertainment. Cheers. All right. So short synopsis of this. <laughs> short synopsis of this movie. Cuba Gooding Jr. is broke and he moves to Atlanta to take over his dead aunt's church choir and compete in a competition to win money and win Beyonce's heart. Fun facts. The principals signed on for a sequel before this was even released. But obviously, the sequel did not come through. And Cuba Gooding Jr., if you didn't know, was nominated for a Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Actor in this movie. Oh, so. I could have guessed that before you gave <laughs> that fact. Golden raspberries to a few people in this movie. You know what I mean? Just casual. So the reason but his breakdancing oh, is fierce. So oh, that whole ending sequence was great. But um, I want to say, just correct me if I'm wrong, but nobody in here has seen this movie right before today. I had not. That's no. okay. correct. Correct. No. So <laughs> the reason why I picked this movie was because you know people grew up with their Broadway cast recordings and their movie musicals and such. And me growing up as a lonely black girl in the South of Alabama, this is all that I had as representation for black people and music on TV. So for me, the movie is not so much about the quality of the content, but about the representation. And because I love Beyonce and she's fantastic and amazing as far as the singer goes so anything she was in i was watching it she's so good she's so good just not in movies but i love (laughs) everything else (laughs) that she does so let's just go around since this is everyone's first time and just let's let's go deep into thoughts let's go straight there let's start with uh brian sure um I was not expecting the movie that I got. I was expecting something way more straightforward, um, not as like wacky comical. The tone of this movie surprised me greatly. Um, when I looked up at the director had done things like My Cousin Vinny and Clue, like the tone of it made a lot of sense. Um, it was, uh, I, and <laughs> I was actually very engaged in the movie because I just didn't know what was gonna happen next. Like, I had no idea what was going to happen next. Like, yes, I could follow the plot beats and stuff like that. But in terms of, like, the wacky stuff they threw into the mix, I just really didn't know what was going to come next. Um, yeah, I, as we've said already, I think the acting could have uh, been better. Um, I think that the final edit is very different than what the original script probably had been. Um, and I think that is mostly defined by the famous people in the movie that, like, had one line and were very. it was very confusing as to why they did it without like having bigger parts <clears throat> Rue McClanahan. Um, but, um, I, oh. I, I, yeah. You know, there was a scene where like, she tried to seduce him. The, the joke about like, I was going to sleep with you and it totally mm. makes sense. Totally. Mm-hmm. Totally. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I, you know, it would, I, I like watching movies like this because they fill in, um, I'm a movie buff nerd. Um, they fill in like little um, movie gaps that I just never had filled in terms of like Beyonce's first movie, um, part of the like downfall of Cuba Gooding Jr. post Oscar, like that kind of stuff, like that I just like never bothered to watch or like got bad reviews or whatever it was and just never passed my radar. Um, but this was <laughs> this was <laughs> very unexpected in terms of like what I what I really thought it was coming in and how wacky and silly it was kind of on the back end of it. 
Yeah. No, totally. Uh, let's go with Haley. Um, I agree with Brian. It was not what I thought it would be. I don't know why I thought it was a football movie, which I was really ready for. <laughs> so to, I don't, and again, like with what we talked about on this podcast, why would there be a musical football movie? But maybe we should write one. I would watch it. Um, it was very wacky. Like, the cast was such a grab bag of people, which I enjoyed because I was like, oh, there's that guy from The Wedding Planner. There's that guy from that Adam Sandler movie. There's Beyonce. There's Rue McClanahan. Like, they just <laughs> called one person from every person's list, I felt like, and put them together, which was fun. But I was like, this is so random. And it was very, it was so wacky. Um I only have three notes and I have to be honest. So where I was sitting in my house while I was watching this was in like the like formal living room. But on the other side of the room is the like actual living room. And my parents were watching Breaking Bad. So I was watching Breaking Bad and watching this at the same time. So I don't have many. (laughs) Um, I just thought that Rue looked incredible. And this town is very musical, and there's terrible background acting. <laughs> <laughs> terrible Absolutely. or terribly fantastic? Uh, I would say definitely both. Yes. <laughs> yes. It fits into the kookiness of it. Uh, Kimberly. <laughs> um, Jay left the room for the first 10 minutes of this movie and then came back and said, what is this about? And I said... I think this must have started as a Hallmark script (laughs) because (laughs) this like high powered, stressed out advertising guy lost his job and has go back to his hometown for really undisclosed reason. (laughs) And he's going to fall in love with someone at his hometown that I think is this little girl. Like everything that happened, I was like, this was supposed to be a Hallmark movie. (laughs) And then like Beyonce got a hold of it and was like, but what if it had some better music and they changed nothing else? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> truly, There's truly. Whole songs in this movie yeah so oh yeah i was reading i was reading online um about this and apparently the script the people who wrote this movie felt like there was so much black on black violence in the media with i think um either tupac or biggie had just been murdered i i don't i i forgot what i read specifically but they wanted to make a movie that was like that that brought black communities together that felt like gave a softer view of kind of how you can come together as a community. Um, this is the movie that ended up, but in terms of the original spark that that influenced them was actually that. Um, so I don't know if it, I don't know if that helps your case or hurts your case, but I think that this setup totally is a Hallmark movie, and now I'll never think of the movie the same. um yeah i also just unabashedly love an audition sequence love it absolutely we had a lot this week we're gonna have to have auditions i'm like yes yes get up (laughs) yes those are Uh, okay great 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 uh kevin um so i have a hot take on this one because i think that the script is quirky and fun in a brilliant way if it was acted strongly and had like stronger choices. I think what this movie faults with is Cuba Gooding Jr. just came off an Oscar for playing a character in a big movie that is an unlikable, brash, loud, like everything that he's putting into this character 
But the thing is, the nuances of the Jerry Maguire script, and yes, I love that movie, um, the nuances of that script make that character lovable in spite of how he's being because you understand him and there's enough of a connection to the true heart of the show of the movie, which is Jerry Maguire. When you take that character and you make it the sole focus of a movie, there's no heart to bounce off of him in order to make him lovable. So we can't like him. So from the beginning, you can't get into this because like he's playing it like that. If you had somebody who was playing it almost like, I hate to say it, but like, like a, like a Kevin Hart, even like Kevin Hart could like kill this kind of like brash and loud, but like, he's so likable that like that could be, there's just something about it that needed to be more fun. And he was doing it so harshly that like the nuances didn't work. I believe what you're looking for is he was not a good actor. (laughs) 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 Comes from him trying to re a lot of people win Oscars. And then try to recreate that performance. What did he win an Oscar for? Jeremy Jerry Maguire. Maguire. Well, he was barely in that, that movie. No, I mean that's the definition of a supporting actor Oscar win. You don't have to be in the movie. He yelled on the phone. Also, if I can remember it, because I was watching this whole movie, going, I liked him at some point in my life. Snow dogs. Yeah. Also, this. I was sorry. No um, dogs. <laughs> This movie also, I will say, honestly, it triggered me a bit being from the South and like being around a lot of that like hypocritical Christianity. Not all Christianity is hypocritical, but like the way that that woman specifically is portrayed. Like we all in the South knew that woman in our church. Absolutely. And, like knew them in our community. Even if you don't go to the same church, that attitude like permeates the whole community. It's like that mm-hmm. triggered me a lot watching this movie. Not in a bad way, but I was just like, oh, I remember that. Oh. Um, so that was a lot. And also, I used to love the movie. I, I still do. I loved the movie growing up, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Yes. And I felt like there were, like, parallels here with, like, the breaking into gospel to, like, as a character, just kind of, you know what I mean? Like, how the way they use gospel to, like, represent what the characters were feeling. And so... Oh, for sure. Nostalgic for that there, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure... I mean, Tyler Perry made a whole market of of that and like gospel and music and i'm sure that he drew from that because he didn't start doing that stuff until after this movie came out i I feel like this uh, is a bridge to like what tyler perry started trying to do absolutely no i agree um kevin once again once you listen to a strange loop there is a song about that ah called write me a gospel play it's on my list Yes. Did anyone else did anyone else feel weird going off of what Kevin said? Did anyone feel else weird at the end of the movie where they just like there's supposed to be this like at least the rest of the people are supposed to be this like loving communal church? Did anyone feel weird they just like they voted to kick this woman out of the choir or not like <laughs> help to like change her or anything or no? I was, was just like well, but she was back at the credits when they were singing the final song. She was in the choir again, so like she she learned her lesson. Like I think that. With those women, you have to literally knock them off their soapbox for them to realize that they're on it sometimes. And I think that's what that was with kicking her out. Yes. No, I, I agree with that. I was just like, yeah, kick her out. <laughs> let them <laughs> let them do the thing. Kick the other thing out of do. the church. Kick her out of the church. Right, exactly. So, uh, Aaron. I love this movie. I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was great. I, I love, like, because I had never watched it before. Um, I, the music, like, 
I was living for the whole movie. Like, yeah. and I, like, I, I, I am a recent gospel lover. And I think that, like, it was as of, like, two, no, longer than that ago. But have we all, have we ever heard of Sunday Best on BET? Sunday no. Best is the gospel version of American Idol. Yes. On BET. <laughs> oh, it's that would be so much more fun. I don't watch American Idol, but I would is, probably watch that. It was, I mean, I don't know if it's still good. I don't know if I haven't watched it in a while, but like, I think I watched it like from like 2012 to 2016 and I was hooked. And that's when I was like, wait, Mary Mary's in this? Wait, Donnie McClurkin's in this? Because that's when I started learning who all those people were. And I was like, oh, so this is like the gospel sister act. Cool, great, fantastic. Like I totally vibes. Had such distract vibes. It was so great. And like, yeah, yeah, like I mean, and I will say, like, you know, Beyonce is not the strongest actress, but I liked her way more in this than I did in Lion King. So I was if she has anything going for her, she is just a charming person. So like I was engaged in that. Whereas, like Kevin said. I couldn't get past the lines written for the Cuba Gooding Jr. character or his delivery of them. There is nothing in this movie made me believe that they would get together at the end. Sure. At all. And like they didn't zero. He was just so disgusting the whole way through um, that like it just as a character and whatnot, like, and even at the end when he like changed his mind, it was, I was also like, He's also not doing anything. In Sister Act and Sister Act 2, she has actual musical skills that will help these people yes. get better at music. When he shows up at the end, I'm like, you're just waving your hands. You didn't actually like help them set up the harmonies and like do this sure. and do that. Like I was very confused as of like aside like uh, what he was actually doing to Fair help eating. them to get better. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. I don't know. You found them all. Yeah, he's a facilitator. Not even the Literally. what's it called? The guy from the wire helped out more as the deacon to get everybody. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And the way Little that Pierce. like that was Montel Jordan. I didn't realize until the credits that, that was Montel Jordan. Is that the friend? No, no, it's no, the Montel prison Jordan mate. is the prison mate with the high voice. What? Yeah, yes. I that love is, him. This is how we do it. That's that that's Montel Jordan. <laughs> I was like, wait, Wait, now I have to go back and watch it again. (laughs) And I just, I I loved it. Like, oh, good. Well, Kimberly, when you were in dance school, did you do dances to This Is How We Do It? No, but um, my senior dance was to Beyonce's Fever from this movie. (laughs) Nice. Me and absolutely seniors wore like the sluttiest nurses' costumes we could find. And they Amazing. made us wear black tights instead of skin tone tights because the skirts were too short. I didn't know that her fever was from this movie. I thought she just Neither remade fever. I thought it was some random girl in my high school found it so that we could dance to it in our recital. <laughs> Listen, it's it, it's definitely uh, a staple. Uh, but Aaron, you were going to say something else? Or are you? Um, yeah, only because like not to get yeah like. We don't need to like go this deep into this conversation, but like, I will say I did not, I had a problem with maybe his writing, but his storyline, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s, I did not as like, again, not to get this deep, like with my second glass of wine, but 
as someone who like tried to deny his heritage and tried to be white for most of his like young life, like I was like, oh, I get like, I get this. Like, especially when you're like burned by that side of you and you just want to like run away from it. I'm like, I, I see the storyline very well. Like I see this storyline very clearly. And so well, that's I, the yeah. other side of that storyline. Well, I also think there's something to be said that this was directed by an older white man. And this is um, not a story about, a, he's a, I think he's British too. Mm. Uh, I think, I don't know. I have to double check oh. that, but maybe not. That's an interesting uh, choice. <laughs> but like that also like, I think that's for me why this movie tonally doesn't match because it's a movie mm. about something directed by someone who has a a, a white perspective on things and has a, 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 a comic sensibility of something that you would, um, you wouldn't necessarily like associate with this type of movie, which might be my expectation coming in. Um, but like there was definitely a tonal difference in kind of like what maybe the script and the actors were coming in with versus the vision that the director has was coming in with. Um, I'm again, I, I, that's based on just like my own feelings about this type of a movie. Um, because it's so wacky. It feels like some of, like some of the jokes in this are very clue, but some of, but the plot line is very like, um, you, uh, uh, I can't think of another example, but like just kind of more straightforward. And the yeah. combination of those two is weird with this director, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, that yeah. makes sense. Also, also just to, to, Piggyback on what you were saying earlier, Brian, about um, black people, be, the representation of black people and not having it be a violent representation. Um, like Tupac and Biggie died in the 90s. And the struggle to get outside of the stereotype without getting too deep into this part, the struggle to get outside of the stereotype of violence in the black community or violent black people sometimes gets to the extreme of this to get away from the extreme of the the violence, if that makes Mm. sense. So you go to the side of it it being so um, chaotic, almost to the sense of it being kind of minstrel in a sense, um, Mm -hmm. because you're, you're trying to flesh out the, the, the negativity of the violence and the angry black woman and the whatever the case may be with also trying to wrap in the culture of black people, which is, I guess, why the, the representation of it being in a church setting, because that is our culture um, and trying to tell a, a story in that sense, I guess is, is for me why it was so prevalent i mean like this came out when i was 13 so i wasn't thinking about these things when i was you know that age i was like beyonce let me watch everything that she's ever been a part of so i mean um, most people still think that way i do i see beyonce i'm going to watch this true very much so very much so um but yeah just uh for me it was just like uh, like uh kevin and aaron were saying about uh, and me and Aaron had a separate conversation about uh, the church aspect of it and knowing that everyone had a Paul critical. And mm-hmm. I think it's like something that we're continuing going on through now, especially as being more out in the open of the hypocrisy of uh, Christianity and the church in general and people moving away, especially people our, our age, uh, moving away from the church because of the hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. So like just seeing that representation too, is just like, oh yeah, I can relate to that. And 
how they would deal with that and how I can understand how they would definitely not, um, they would definitely kick her out and be like, yeah, okay, we're going to move on <laughs> from this because we have things that we have to do. But I also understand watching it this time, I was like cringing of the bad acting. Like anytime Faith Evans, like Darren's mom at the, at the beginning talked, I was just like, I want to claw my eyes out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not great. Um, but it still just brought back that nostalgia of like, this is a movie that me and my parents would watch on repeat. Like I still have this movie on DVD <laughs> yes. because it was a matter of like um, two generations coming together because a lot of the old singers were singers that my parents grew up on and that they would blast in the house every Saturday. So like mm -hmm. the barbershop quartet, they're the OJs and they my parents so would play them. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic. Their music is fantastic. They, my parents would play them nonstop every weekend. So like having that aspect with bringing in like Beyonce and bringing in like the hip hop aspect and Montel Jordan and people that I grew up with, it was just kind of that connector feel. Um, so this, it was why I wanted to share this movie with you guys. But anyone have any other thoughts about it before we do the Rotten Tomatoes school? I was just going to say, oh, Brian, do you want to yes. go? No, I was coughing. Oh. <laughs> I was just going to say really quick that like what you were describing was also something that like, I feel like some about some of the like, gay movies that I watch and love mm -hmm. that are mm -hmm. like, like very focused on gay storytelling, but trying to be like, it's not like a tragic gay storytelling it's more of like, it's a comedy. It's a love story. It's, they're making like gay romantic comedies or gay romantic dramas. And like, it's the same thing. Like the acting is not great. And there's also a lot of these movies where like 70s and 80s gay icons or like 90s gay icons like star or as like, like have like little like cameo appearances. Mm -hmm. And so it's like introducing like the younger generation to like, there's a lot of the same parallels in like the gay cinema, like, in these movies that I watched, they're terrible. And they're also like, one of them is set at like a theater camp, but it's like for adults. And it's just like ironic, like things like, of course, that's where all these gay people are having their summer camp. Like, but like things yeah. like that, where it's, but it's, they set it in a very like recognizable location. So everyone feels safe and comfortable that like, this isn't going to be a tricky movie. Like this is actually just celebrating like, and then it just, it comes off sometimes a little hokey because they're trying so hard to keep positive. Like yeah, absolutely. It's definitely a thin line um, between just even trying to get a movie out there that has that representation and then also it being good. And it sucks that it's a thin line because it should be both. It should be good and representational, but you kind of just cling on to what you can get at the, at the time, <laughs> which is, uh, so yeah, that's just totally, that's totally understandable. Okay. So, I do, wait, I do want to oh. say the Michael Jackson joke really got me. Really got me good. <laughs> oh, yes. oh my gosh. That, yeah. that really got me. She. It's her huh, RIP, Michael Jackson. Just great. Um, but yes, so let's go through with the scores. There is a critics consensus about this movie. So let's start off with Aaron. What do you think? People getting Junior got a Razzie for it. He got nominated. Oh, he didn't get it. He got a Razzie. Well, I'm gonna say, like, that, judging from that, is probably low. I'm gonna say 64. 64. Okay, Haley. Oh God, I was gonna go 84, but now I feel like I'm. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm going to say 76. 76. All right. Kimberly. Um, I accidentally saw it when I was looking at the Wikipedia. Boo. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Enjoy. See, Aaron, that's how you're honest. How dare you? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, can I have I- abstained. <laughs> um, I'm going to go price is right and say $1. Wow. Well, I just think you guys are all going to be in a weird place, and I'm just going to try to get the bottom one. Okay. Um, Brian? Oh, this is like a 43. There's no way this broke 50%. Because if it's 41, I win. Or 42. Right. (laughs) Okay, so... The score is bump it up and a dog. Kevin, you won because it's 42. What? So wow. close. What? So close, wow. Brian. Oh, Brian. Okay. <laughs> Nikisha, that couldn't have played out any better for you. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> oh Quality God. podcasting right there. Quality no. podcasting. Um, and the critics' consensus for this is. The music is the only saving grace in this predictable and eager-to-please comedy. And I will say, though, the audience score was uh, 63. So there you go, Aaron. You were close for that one. But, yeah, 42%, guys. That is the presentation. Wow. (laughs) So. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply step into the world of power loyalty and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, on to everybody's favorite, La La Land. La La Land. <laughs> the Laws of the Land. It was released on Christmas 2016. It was directed by Damon Chazelle, who also wrote and directed Whiplash, which I have never seen. I need oh, to Whiplash watch. is really so good. good. It's so good. I don't know it. I've heard nothing but great things about it. I just need to find it and sit down and watch it. So this movie is starring Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. It was nominated for two Grammys. It was nominated for Best Song Written for Visual Media for Song City of Stars, and that's the Pasek and Paul uh, song. And it won the Grammy for Best Compilation Soundtrack for Visual Media, Best Slash Best Score Soundtrack for Visual Media. And that's not Pasek and Paul, so they did not get that Grammy for that. But uh, Justin Hurwitz, who wrote the soundtrack for it, got the Grammy for it. And a general synopsis of this is Emma Stone wants to act while Ryan Gosling wants to jazz. Fun facts, Ryan Gosling played the piano. (laughs) That's a really funny recap. Yes, that's all that it is. It's Uh, it's accurate. It's so accurate. 
Yes. Um, Ryan Gosling played piano for all of it. He did not have a hand double. It was not CGI'd. He learned the piano. Uh, he had six months of training before the movie started filming. And John Legend was super jealous that he learned how to play the piano that fast. Uh, and Where? a funny story, Emma Watson turned down the role of Mia for Beauty and the Beast. Oh, and Ryan Gosling turned down the Beast to do La La Land, which I did not know that. And I thought that was absolutely that. hilarious. Um, the song Audition, The Fools Who Dream, was performed live, and Justin Hurwitz just played the piano in Emma Stone's ear while she uh, did that whole number. Uh, there were only 30 dancers in Another Day of Sun. The rest are CGI'd, so thanks for not giving people jobs. And the director, Damon Chazelle, Gosselin, and Stone went and actually visited Gene Kelly's widow to go through all of his film memorabilia to prepare for the movie, which is quite obvious because there's so many parallels to yeah. all, of his, all of his things. So let's go around and see everyone's experience with this movie first before we do high-level thoughts. Let's go with Aaron. Um, so I watched this movie when it came out. Um, and I remember liking it a lot when it first came out. Um, this time watching was a very, without getting into it again, I mean, maybe we'll get into it on Patreon. You should subscribe to find out. Um, it was a very large therapy session for me this time around because I didn't realize just how much stuff of my own stuff that I layered on my first watch, um, that what didn't exist in this time. So it was a much clearer and much more enjoyable um, move. Can it be much more enjoyable, but I didn't like it as much? I'm not sure, but we'll find out over the course of the next half hour or so. Um, yeah? You should give your first watch a break. It was just trying to tell time. Waka waka. But don't you? <laughs> Um. <laughs> wow! Oh, no. Brian's just looking at you. Brian's just mad Brian is right now. Not amused. But I remember, uh, no, I remember I, watching I it. I really. It. <laughs> I remember watching it. I really enjoyed it the first time. I still enjoyed it, but not as much this time. Okay. Cool. 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 Uh, we'll go into Kevin. Oh, um, I had never seen this movie until today. Like right before this airing um nice and i have lots of things to say but we'll get to that next but i'm <laughs> beautiful kim really um i saw this movie in theaters with my um co-worker from my old job who is an older woman and had just lost her husband so it was a very sad day when we we like watched it together and like i held her hand and we cried at the end and so it was very different coming at it like three years later for sure. I like to put it. Uh, Brian. Um, so I saw this in movie theaters. Um, as many of you may or may not know, I am an Oscar obsessive. Um, so I follow all of the, the hype surrounding all these movies coming out. I try and guess them. The best I've ever done is 24, 23 out of 24. Like, like nice. I, I like... I pay attention to this. I'm, I'm a nerd about it. Um, so the first time I saw this movie, um, I saw it in movie theaters and I was very disappointed by it um, because I was coming at it from two angles, which is the theater aspect of things and the movie musical aspect of things and the Oscar side of things. Um, 
So I was definitely disappointed by it the first time I watched it. I have not seen it since. And those opinions have definitely stayed with me and kind of like darkened my opinion of this film. Um, but I watched it today for the first time since the movie and opposite to Aaron without all the BS surrounding it and the hype and all of that stuff. Um, I, this was my favorite viewing of it by far. Um, and I was able to see it as a well-made film, regardless if you think of different aspects of it, I was able to see it as a well-directed written film. Um, and, um, and you know, without, um, uh, this movie did lead to one of my favorite moments of all time, but we can get to that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it this time the most that I've ever enjoyed, I think, uh, in, in my, in my watching of this. Beautiful. Haley? Um, I'd only seen it once. I got it as a screener for a SAG, for the SAG Awards, and I cut the screener up as soon as I was done watching it because I hated it so much. <laughs> Love that. But I'm very happy we got to watch it again um, because, like Brian, I was able to watch it after the first two numbers because I hate those first two numbers with a passion. Um I was able to watch it for the beautiful cinematography and directing and we'll get into that. But I mean, and that's what I walked away from. And I'm glad I was able to experience that this time instead of, I think the hype of everything. I was like, this is terrible. Nice. That's yeah. It. It's, it's so interesting because I also saw this in theaters. I was working at Disney at the time and a couple of us went and saw the movie and I don't remember a lot of hype about it. I remember just maybe like a few commercials and I was like, oh my gosh, movie musicals are making a comeback. This is going to be fantastic. I have to watch this. So like when I came into it, I was along the lines of, regardless of how it was executed, I thought it was going to be an awakening of the genre. So that's what made me excited about it um, because I love old Hollywood musicals and I love like Ann Miller and Sid Charisse and Vera Ellen are like the trifecta uh, of things for me. So even though Emma Stone is nowhere near that, it was just a matter of, and it's not her fault. Um, it's just a matter of, I was excited to see that kind of movie on screen and speaking uh, of the cinematography, that Haley was talking about watching it again this time. It just made me happy all over again um, because of the bright colors and the sweeping one shots that happen along the way in the movie that just really got me and, and carried the story for me more than the actual like acting or dialogue, like, or even the musicals. I liked the soundtrack of the movie more so than, and we'll just get into high level thoughts and then I'll let everyone else uh, talk. But for me, um, some of my high level thoughts were the cinematography, the uh, costume designing um, and the, and the sets and the soundtrack all did it for me um, more than the actual musical theater aspects of it. Um, but I love a group number. I, I love an ensemble number. So like Another Day of Sun, like thinking back and looking at how they made those shots and how like the people that were hidden in the trucks were sitting there waiting for their shot to come. And then they lift the, the truck and you can see they're like sweating profusely because they're trying to get this particular shot in order. And um, for me, it was just like, I hope that 
regardless of how this panned out, that we could continue to have more of this in the modern age. Because it's, I think it's such a beautiful genre that's needed and that a lot of people can execute that have been doing this for a long time. So watching it again, I was um, even more impressed at those, at those aspects of it. And I hope that they can, we can remake some things with like actual Broadway people <laughs> and it not just be like a musical that was filmed for TV that made $70 million on Disney+. Plus. So let's go. High level thoughts, Aaron. Um, I will say one of my favorite things about this movie that I thought of three years ago, four years ago, as well as now, is I haven't lived in California for a long time. But what I do like about it in its like in, in it's like ironic brilliance is that like it's very clearly a love letter to LA, like in its best ways and it's not so best ways like the obnoxious people at the parties and it's like the fact that there's no no seasons like they started in winter and it was the song was literally another day of sun like all of these things where i'm just like this is la like and i i group text i texted the group being like i i hate la people but like laughing about it because this is la this is so la this is so hollywood and it's only and I'm, sh- I'm like, there's probably many, many art. There's probably a lot of art like that revolves around New York that is exactly like this, where like it could only be written, like th- like La La Land could only be written with this much like jabbing at itself by an LA person. And I was like, this is for that reason. I'm like, I applaud like the awareness of this movie. Um, and then script wise, like story wise, again, this, I, this was a much different watch for me than, than before, but <sighs> struggling artist movies are very, not even difficult, but just weird to watch when they're being portrayed by people who publicly have not really struggled. Like Ryan Gosling yes. was in Mickey Mouse Club. Like, he was 13 when that happened. Like, I, and I, I don't know Emma Stone's story, but it's also the same sort of, like, because I don't know if you guys struggled, but you guys are pretty darn young. Like, I don't get it. Like, like and so it's, there's a, there's, a, there's a suspension of disbelief of the authenticity of the portrayals that mm-hmm. gets a little difficult to watch in terms of that, but... That said, I thought it was, I thought it's fine. I think it's good. I think it, I, I enjoyed it. And I think their relationship is fine. Um, <laughs> it's the most like, it's the best form of musical originating, like being put on by Hollywood people that I think we have. It's still not Broadway people. So it's lacking in some ways, <laughs> but that's also me being very biased. Yeah. Oh, Haley, you're muted. Sorry. Are you talking about that, though, Aaron, as like an original musical that Hollywood people have put on or like a musical that Hollywood people have put on? A a, a musical. Like, it's one of those things, it's like, it's very... Because we've discussed on this podcast how, like, some musicalizations of art look very Hollywood. And it's 
and it's a version in which it looks like it's trying to be like Broadway caliber, but it's not. I felt more of that than old Hollywood. Than it feeling old Hollywood in this movie. And maybe that's just bias, but that's sort of what I felt in terms of still good, but still, but like a little less authentic than I'd like it to be. For sure. Let's continue on with Haley. Okay. Um, I kind of, I do agree with Aaron. And again, like I watched it, I really enjoyed watching it this time, which made me very happy because (laughs) snip, snip last time. Um, (laughs) I, uh, I was just taken aback of how stunning all of the shots were um, and of how beautifully planned everything was with the cinematography. That's really all I was watching the rest of the time. Like, I agree with Aaron. Like, I don't want to watch these pretty movie stars, like, try to be struggling. Um, I loved that they did feature L.A. as that, you know, as what they call in Sex and the City, New York is the fifth girl. Um, <laughs> like, L.A. is the third lead in this film. And um, I enjoyed that we got to see the beauty of it, but also the really harsh reality of it. Um, But there is, I think there is that uh, not Hollywood beauty that they did show. There was that like, if you know the good places in LA, this is, this is what LA has to offer as well. Um, And I liked that they featured that. Um, I just really love the cinematography. That's really all I can say about it. Cause everything else I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to see people who have, you know, trained for two months before they started shooting to learn how to dance. Like when I, I just get, I, I literally get so angry about it. And this is why I can't talk much more about it. Cause I, I will start to fume as a Broadway performer. We work with the best of the best talented people And then they go and hire some, I'm like getting really upset. They go and hire someone like a, a movie star and you have, sorry guys, we work so hard on Broadway and you go and hire someone who they work very hard as well. This is not against Emma Stone. This is literally against Broadway people who work their ass off their entire life. And we do everything. And then you have Hollywood people who are beautiful and very talented, but they're beautiful. And that's what leads first. And I get so upset when you have an entire coast of people who could do what these amazing, talented people do, but do it 5,000 times better. And I get obviously very upset by that Um, because there's hundreds and hundreds of people that we know that could do it even better. SARS. (laughs) SARS. <laughs> no, do not apologize. Do yeah. not apologize. It's like so that's true. It's, it's absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. It's all I could think this viewing of it. I think because I was like more emotionally invested the first time I saw it. And then this time I was just like, oh, why can't why can't she be good at this? Yeah. Or I think I've said it before, just don't make her sing then. Just dub her with someone and give that someone credit. 
just you did a lot of wide shots. Can you give us a dance double for some of this stuff? When at least but, I did for when they were dancing in silhouette. I was like, oh, oh you can God. tell immediately. You know? Yeah, he can tell. Yeah. <laughs> can you I was like, wait, her lines got better. <laughs> can you imagine if they got Marnie Nixon to dub her? <laughs> that would be amazing. That's all I could think. Jay and I watched it together with his parents who enjoyed it. And then they were making fun of us for like ripping it apart a little bit because her like final big audition, we were just like, that doesn't get anyone a job. No. <laughs> so I think the final that audition is a enough. weird. The final edition is a weird set piece because that's not a... She just told the story. Well, that's the thing. She did in the context of how that scene actually happens. The song is for the movie purposes. And that's why that last scene is very confusing because that song is not good enough for her to like get that role. But... But she, that's not what she does in this context of that room. It's a weird last scene that like doesn't... Uh, Doesn't that's make a sense. whole other conversation. Also, the line, the lyrics aren't good. As Kevin texted, <laughs> <laughs> like about a flicker and then a flame. I listened to that and I was like, if she just like made, if she was just making up this as like poetry on the spot for telling her story, even like even if you go through like an acting exercise of like read this as a monologue, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh like, that also doesn't get you the job. So. <laughs> Yes. Also, why did they fight? That's I feel like I jumped into high level thoughts, but or my own rather. I cried. You're fine. But, <laughs> but no, yeah, I can't continue. Really I, haven't cried. I haven't cried for a few weeks. I that was my cry for the oh, month. That happened to me the other day. I hadn't cried in a while, and I was watching. I forget what, and I was just like, <laughs> I was like, oh, there was a lot of emotion that needed yep. to come. I haven't let it out. Wait, why um, did who? Why did who fight? Their fight about Over dinner. Like, that he like, well, do you even like the music? And it, I just want to be like, I don't understand why you care. He has a steady job. You don't. Like, I know oh, that you're see. mad that you don't. But like, I've been was, in those fights though. So that was me too. That's that, that was the mo- <laughs> that was the, mo- the the part of the movie that I was like, oh, we're reading. Okay, cool. This is. I was just like, there's so much going on. I was like, you're just mad at yourself. Why are you yelling at him? You're Correct. mad at your situation. Yeah. And then I was just like, she doesn't get it. Yeah, she'll understand in a few years when she looks at him across the room and just goes, God damn it. Like, well, and it's also so funny because I was like, like I was telling Nakisha, I was like, this movie, when I first watched it, okay, I guess we're getting into it. Like, mm-hmm. the first time I watched this movie, I thought this was a movie about like, how two artists can't be together. But then watching it again, I was like, oh no, this is about two people who aren't compatible at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, or who just met each other at the very wrong time. Yes. Yes. So, yes. Kevin, I've been for the past 20 minutes. And probably fine. What? For the past 20 minutes, I've watched Kevin explode, in, like slowly exploding. I want to, I, I got to hear this. Kevin, get in. Okay. Kevin. Okay. No, I was letting everyone speak because I put on a collared shirt for like the first time in four and a half months specifically for this moment. Absolutely. I have a theory that like I have to get out of me because I'm so like fuming, but like, okay, here we go. Go. This movie fails because it is a love letter to Hollywood in a time where Hollywood has become almost like mocking of people who are like loving it. Like they're all so self-adoring instead of like, like the, it's 
they're trying to bring a nostalgia that they can't create right now because they don't still live that kind of a life. So okay. this movie is trying to be like an old style musical and they're, they're throwing in all the things that used to work because back when these worked, the people who were the stars were the people who everyone saw on Broadway and fell in love with on Broadway who then like, they became movie stars and were and they doing brought them out. Yeah. Mm. And so, or these people were, were doing vaudeville and they were doing like 37 shows a week, like hoofing it. And then, so they were like, throw these people out there and be like, make this charming. And they were talented and ready to go because that was their life. So they were able to capture these actual pieces of magic because you had those people. When they did this, they're trying to use a couple that has been tested in Hollywood because I think it's like their third or fourth movie yeah. together. So yeah. it's like you throw in like the expected like white couple who are like beautiful because of their angles of their faces and their bodies and stuff, not like dancing wise. How big their eyes are. Yeah, like everything is like it's the cinematography, the directing, the visual is very clear. This movie is all about the people who are standing over top of it looking in and making decisions and then patting themselves on the back about how like beautiful it is. Um, so that just like kind of like permeates the whole thing. I feel like this genre would be lovely if like Nikisha said, a lot of us agree with like, you use actual Broadway stars and give them a moment, you will capture actual magic that people fall in love with. And I mean, that's clear because like, there's so many, it's it just, it's what happened. Like you, you're trying to repeat the magic, don't taint it with your own like weird thing. Cause that's what you guys said. Like no one wants to watch Emma Stone seem like she's suffering. And then like, don't show us that she has the life everyone wants because now they want to give her her coffee for free and they idolize her as if she's like a God. Like it like glorifies itself so that even the last sequence of her having this dream is like a show off of like what Hollywood can do with like camera shots, like cutting. So you see different angles and different colors. And it's just like, at the end, it's almost like they're just like, getting themselves off on what they can show visually. So it's a beautiful piece, but I feel like you can't ever say anything about this movie other than it's nice. And then you can always add like a word, like very nice or like extremely nice, but like it never can jump above nice because it's like a tainted love letter to somebody who it's like when you, instead of getting a love letter, they bought themselves a car. And it's, it's, it's it's somebody sending flowers to themselves. Yeah. This is, this is, also, this is from Clueless. This entire movie, <laughs> this entire movie, is just a weird mashup of a Star Is Born, which is a proven Hollywood like conglomerate that keeps coming back, yeah. and uh, the movie with Barbara Streisand and Robert Redford. What it called me, Ryan? Where like they are in love, but like they keep like breaking up. The way like, we were. The way we were. It's basically those two movies like slammed together. And like, that's why I feel like a lot of the plot points are disjointed because they just used a chunk of this movie. And then they were like, now do this part because this part kills them. And then Mm -hmm. it was like, but how do we connect the fact that like, it's about their careers going up and down, but now it's not. It's about like her one woman show not working. So now she, but like he saves her, but then it's about like, does he love the music? Like, and like, do I feel the same way? And they have that kitchen scene, which is so the way we were. It's like this movie is just like yeah. a mashup of Hollywood trying to just like Frankenstein together a musical. Instead uh, of one thing that actors know how to do is to accept that like your significant other has a different gig that night. Right. 
I don't know. Me and Jay get very into the fact that we just yell at the TV and we're just like, if you adequately communicated your needs to your partner, this would well, not happen. Sure. Yeah, yeah, tell me more about a boring movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if you just called her and explained the situation, you'd say, sure, honey, I'll see you at home. No, but I do yeah. agree. They, did, uh, they are just piecing things together that have worked from other movies. Yes. Like, even so, the shots of the champagne glasses filling up, you're like, well, I've seen that in right. 500 uh, Ginger Rogers yeah. films. Yes. So, I think that the one of a, a piggybacking of what Kevin said, I, I like this movie because I was able to, I did not like it the first time. This time I, I was like, why did I like it more this time? I didn't know. Again, this is not like a top 10 movie. This is like, uh, my expectation was to like come into this, this time hating it. And like, it really affected me. And I think it's why, why it affected me so much is because the Oscars did this movie dirty. And I don't mean that it should have won more. I mean that it should have won less. You have an expectation that this is an Oscar winning film that almost won best picture. Um, literally. LOL. Um, Emma, LOL. Emma Stone won. It was nominated for a million things. Pasek and Paul won. So you go into this thinking that it's going to be this, even if you've seen it before, this exquisite, what we consider an Oscar, Oscar caliber movie, but it's not. And so I, this time I, I, I took myself into a place where like, I'm going to watch a movie that stars two people that I like to watch with songs that sometimes pop up on my, um, my, my, my Spotify mix or whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and I watched it in that way this time and it definitely got to me. I agree with Aaron. I have a hard time watching things about like up and come and trying to make it. Um, but I think that this movie is really well directed. I think it's gorgeous. I think that some of the lines in this um, are wonderful. Like at the end when she, at, when right before they do the flash forward to winter and she says, I've never been here during the day at the Griffith observatory. It was kind of that, like it was that the fact that they like had only seen the stars at night. They had only, um, they'd only mm. dreamed at night and all of a sudden their dreams were coming alive during the day. I thought that was super, like mm. a, little things like that I'd seen. So I think the screenplay and the ideas behind us are better than kind of how it comes off because as Kevin said, like this is, this is Hollywood touching themselves in front of everybody. Like yep. this was supposed to win every Oscar because like, of course Hollywood's going to vote for itself. The fact mm. that Moonlight won is mm. the best is crazy. Also Moonlight is a far exceptional movie to this. Um, sorry, Kevin, you were going to say something? No, I was just going to say, and the Oscar that like one of the bigger Oscars they won was for a girl playing an actress talking about how hard it is to be an actor. Oh. I mean, yeah. talk about like Oscars bait yeah. times 10. Yeah, it's so LA. Exactly. I love her in other movies, but like, I'm also tired of the trope of like women winning for like either singing or like. Not like, wearing makeup. Ugly. Being ugly. Yeah. Yes. Not wearing either. makeup and gaining yeah. weight. It's like, yeah. wait, no. She sang and there was a scene where she cried and like it was kind of ugly. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like it's like she didn't really. Do anything that was like noteworthy and like her no. Up she year. was being herself. Yeah, so was, so her that year is an interesting year for best actress because yes. I have two two so Natalie Portman should have won her second actor uh, a best for actor Jackie. actress for Jackie. She is yes. spectacular in that film. 
So that who should have won that year. But a, a nominated that year was uh, um, Isabel Huppert for Elle, Ruth Nega for Loving. She's amazing in that movie. Natalie Portman for Jackie. Meryl Streep for Fl- Florence Foster Jenkins. The thing is, that year, Amy Adams should have won for Arrival, but wasn't even nominated. She's spectacular in that film. But this was like the clear, no one else was going to win that year. This was the clear, Emma Stone has like, paid her dues and like was in a musical oh um, this was like her like body of work like Oscar. i mean but also she's in a musical about hollywood they love it um sure i literally so, can't and it's again it's not about her it's like but she hasn't done much like and i'm happy like good for someone our age getting an oscar good for you girl sure. like great but like you haven't done anything also, <laughs> Damien Giselle was 32 when he won this Oscar. That's impressive stuff. Also, um, if you haven't seen Whiplash, Whiplash is so good. It's That's so why J.K. Simmons is in it. J.K. Simmons won an Oscar for Whiplash, and so he's in this one. Uh, As he should. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So well, I do want to give us time for the other movies, but does anyone have any last thoughts before we do Rotten Tomatoes? I'm happy I got to watch it again. Good. I feel like that's like the, the general yeah. consensus. Yeah. The second without time the, around was better. Without the Oscar, without the Oscar hype around it, if if this movie had not been nominated for any Oscars and like wasn't in that conversation, um, I think that this movie would be thought of as better because like no one their expectations are lower. So you're just like, cool, this was a fun thing that Hollywood did. It's a beautiful film moving on. But it has such expectations attached to it. Yeah. And especially watching like Mark Platt get on stage and about to make a speech winning Best Oscar and they pulled away. Also, <laughs> greatest moment of my whole life. I have a phantom bucket list of things that I didn't expect that I wanted to be on my bucket list. And watching some of them screw up the Oscars that badly is truly magical, especially when the actual winner is, is the deserve, more deserving movie. When this yeah. one was like Hollywood being like, yeah, of course we're going to win. And this independent film about a gay black man, one best picture is like, like that was the biggest middle, middle finger. And I loved every second of it. <laughs> Hands down. Ditto's all around. Okay, so let's start with the score. Well, Brian, why don't you give me your score? I mean, this was a critic darling. This is like a a 95. All righty, Aaron? I'm going to say, I agree. I'm going to say 87. Kimberly? An even 90. Haley? 96. And Kevin. 91. All right. Kevin, you won again. It was exactly Kevin. 91. Ah! Yeah. Kevin, that one, that one is really Kevin, working. You have to win one more to beat Nikisha's. Um, yes. Yes. Um, the collared shirt. It's a collared shirt. It's the collared so you got to dress up for these. Sure. No more. See, no more tank tops. Right. Uh, so the critics' consensus was La La Land breathes new life into a bygone genre with thrilling, assured direction, powerful performances, and an irresistible excess of heart. Sure. Oh, <laughs> I mean, power is a relative term, right? You gotta have heart. Also, it's not bygone. We still love old Hollywood movies. Yeah. 
also this was a this 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 didn't infuse new life into it. It copied other things. Whatever. Um, They're literally in the bar, funny face. (laughs) Right. But now uh, Nikisha is going to lead us through our Patreon movie, um, August Rush. Um, And so, if you are a part of our Patreon crew and our Patreon family, um, you're going to hear about that. If uh, if not, we're going to skip right to ranking and ranking all three of these uh, films. Okay, let's uh, let's and ranking them. Yes. So for my ranking, I would probably do, um, for nostalgic purposes, The Fighting Temptations, La La Land, and then August Rush in the order that we went through them. Uh, Aaron. I'd probably say La La Land. No, that's a lie. That's a bold-faced lie. No. Cancel. Take two. <laughs> I would say Fighting Temptations first, August Rush second, La La Land third. Beautiful. Haley. God, can you wait for a second? I gotta figure out my my like um, how I'm ra- I am ranking them. Okay, I'll come back, uh, Brian. <laughs> um, I think for me, it's La La Land one, August Rush two, um, Fighting Temptations three. Awesome, Kevin. I'm uh, August Rush one, Fighting Temptations two, and La La Land three. Amazing. Kimberly? I am the same as Kevin. August Rush, Fighting Temptations, La La Land. (laughs) Okay, Haley. Okay, I can't think of like a witty way to rank these, so God. I definitely know that August Rush is third for me. I think I'm gonna do ooh. I think I might, just because it was, like, fun and super new, I think I'm going to put Fighting Temptations first and then Poo Poo Land second. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't rank that first after your conversation about it. <laughs> but it was really well, pretty. Yeah, Listen, that, it was my whole my whole scheme was to get Haley to have La La Land be number one, so I tried to pick movies to where she would have <laughs> <laughs> La La Land be... <laughs> <laughs> amazing amazing but you ranked the same as me so yay yay <laughs> thank you guys for well, watching these movies with me yeah well, as we you know ain't too proud to beg and you know it please don't leave me girl don't you go ain't too proud to plead baby baby please don't leave me girl don't you go that's our quote from i i i went with um I was thinking of something on that was just on Broadway or still is on Broadway technically um, that had to do with the Grammys. Um, so I went with the Temptations. Ain't too proud. Um, this was great. Non fighting Temptations. The non fighting Temptations. The pacifist Temptations. Wait, I didn't. I, I want to say that I did that on purpose, but I didn't, and I'm embarrassed. Um, <laughs> but that's great. Um, uh, I do want to say thank you to Nikisha. You did an amazing yeah. job. That was your first Yay. one. Um, but um, yeah, okay. we'll be back next week. We're, as Aaron alluded to, we're changing things up a little bit for the better. So uh, stay tuned uh, to both Patreon and our social media feeds for uh, more information on that. It's going to be super fun. Um, uh, you can find you can still find us on Spotify, on iTunes. Rate and review us there. Five, Five stars, stars, please. please. Thank you. 
Um, and uh, of course, you can find us at Broad Wasted uh, anywhere on social media. Um, and uh, uh, did, I, did I forget anything? I've had a lot of this giant tequila. This is what <laughs> yeah. All right. And as we end every episode, we raise our glasses and we and say, Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.